A lot of what I've written about is controversial. Probably everything that I've written about is controversial for one reason or, or another, but nothing so much as ironically music. For some reason, people desperately want music to be an adaptation, even though as far as I'm concerned, the evidence for any of those theories is, is uh, pretty flimsy. And I think it's because people confuse the notion of an adaptation in Darwin's strict biological sense, namely a heritable feature of an organism that uh, led its ancestors to have more surviving offspring in the environment in which it evolved. Adaptive in a sense of being healthy, valuable, desirable, worth promoting. Uh, people want the kinds of things that they think are important in life to be biological adaptations, to be part of human nature. And because music is uplifting and it brings people together and it gives pleasure, uh, people kind of want it to be there for uh, a reason. Conversely, there are other things that probably do have a basis in, in our uh, evolutionary history, but that are kind of ugly, that people often deny our adaptations, which I suspect are, like revenge, like the greater aggressiveness of males than females. There's excellent reason to believe that those really are adaptations, even though we'd rather not have them. People bring their uh, moral expectations into their evaluation of scientific hypotheses, uh, which I think is a mistake both for the science and for uh, our best moral uh, beliefs. The moral and political emotional colorings of human nature set the stage for uh, perhaps my most controversial book called The Blank Slate, The Modern Denial of Human Nature. The Blank Slate, or Tabula Rasa, referring to the hypothesis that I reject, namely that the mind is a blank slate without any evolutionary uh, structuring. I tried to diagnose why so many hypotheses about human nature, about differences between the sexes, about intelligence and the way it's distributed across people, of motives like anger and revenge and uh, jealousy and fear and disgust, why they should be so controversial, why they should get people exercised. My best guess is that there are four fears that people have of a non-blank slate, four fears of human nature that led to the blank slate becoming a kind of politically correct belief in the 20th century. And each one of these uh, fears, I believe, is, is unfounded. It's a non sequitur, and the, uh, the fears are groundless. One of them is what I call the fear of inequality. The, one of the great advantages of uh, a blank slate is that zero equals zero equals zero. If we're all blank slates, we're all the same. That means that men can't be better than women, women can't be better than men, no one can be smarter or more honest or braver or harder working or more conscientious than anyone else because those things we aren't born with in the first place. Therefore, the ultimate equality would be sameness. Now, I think this is a mistake. I think it's, uh, first of all, not true of people. We're not clones. We're not blank slates. We really do have some differences. But it's a mistake to think that our political ideal of equality depends on sameness. There's a difference between fairness and sameness. Political equality is the moral commitment that we treat people as individuals according to their merits and that we don't prejudice them by some average 
characteristics of their, uh, their ethnic group or their uh, sex or their background in judging them as individuals. That's a moral stance. It should not be confused with the idea that we are all blank slates or clones. In fact, I think that if you have a commitment to equality, as I do, the last thing you want to do is say that it depends on us all being uh, identical. Because as the evidence starts to trickle in and eventually pour in that uh, we're not all uh, indistinguishable, that men and women aren't exactly the same in every uh, detail on average, that not every person is identical to everyone else, you don't want to say, well, okay, I guess bigotry was right after all. Uh, you want to say, no, bigotry and prejudice and sexism and racism are just wrong. Regardless of what the facts turn out to be, they're wrong because they're immoral. You want to separate your moral commitments from your vulnerable, falsifiable, factual beliefs. Uh, the second fear is what I call the fear of imperfectibility. If you believe that humans are blank slates, well, then anything's possible. If we have the right kind of cultural messages, the right kind of parenting, the right kind of schools, uh, the right kind of government programs, then all of these nasty traits of, of, of annoying human beings that we see all the time, the jealousy, the selfishness, the irrationalities, the uh, overconfidence, things that we don't have to live with forever, we can kind of program them out because they were programmed in uh, to begin with. If we're kind of born with them, that seems to lead to the rather depressing prospect that we can never improve society. As they say, you can't change human nature. Therefore, it's better if we believe that humans are blank slates. Now, I think this is a mistake. First of all, I think it's false. I don't think you can program anyone to be anything. And in fact, if you do, you uh, are inviting a totalitarian, coercive regime. Uh, if you think that people are just clay to be shaped by authorities. But also, um, improvement uh, is possible because human nature is so complex. And some parts of human nature can be set against others. Yes, I really do think we are saddled with some rather unfortunate traits like dominance, like revenge. Uh, we have a, ca a capacity for sadism. We have a capacity for uh, callousness. We can be impulsive. Uh, fortunately, that's not all we have. There are also better angels of our nature. We also have a sense of empathy. We have a sense of self-control. We have the ability to develop moral norms. They're just things that a decent person doesn't do. We're smart. We can figure out workarounds for some of the flaws in human nature, just the way we solve other problems facing us, like hunger and disease. And we can come up with institutions like uh, a justice system and the rule of law, a school system that can work around our flaws and use some parts of human nature against the other. There's a, a third fear that leads to people wanting us to be blank slates, and that's the, the fear of determinism. The idea that if uh, behavior is, as they say, you know, in the genes or programmed by evolution, we'll never be able to hold people responsible for their choices. Uh, people will always be able to get off the hook by saying, it wasn't me, it was my genes. I can't help it, I'm a male. I can't help it, I'm a human. And there'll be an abdication of responsibility. By the way, uh, this is a kind of fear that could also be leveled against the blank slate theory, because if we're products of our upbringing, 
as B.F. Skinner said, if our behavior is the result of our history of reinforcement and our current stimulus situation and free will is a myth, well, we can't hold people responsible in, in that scenario either. And in fact, Skinner didn't want to. He wrote a, a bestseller called Beyond Freedom and Dignity, saying we should throw out the, the notion of moral responsibility because people are products of their environments. And as with the fear that people might use their genes or their uh, evolution to get them off the hook, there's the possibility that people could use their, uh, their upbringing to get them off the hook, as in the famous uh, comedy song G. Officer Krupke from West Side Story, in which the juvenile delinquents taunt the police officer by saying, uh, we're depraved on account of we're deprived. So I think that it's a mess. It's a poor way of uh, thinking about responsibility. The way to think about responsibility is that um, even if down deep we really are our brains, we are complex physical systems, I don't think there is a miracle that takes place in the brain every time we make a decision. I don't think there's a soul or a ghost. On the other hand, our brain is so complex that we respond to the expectations of other people, including other people holding us responsible. If we know that we will, if you rob a liquor store, you'll go to jail. If you cheat on your spouse, other people will look down on you. Well, you factor that into your decisions and you, uh, you don't cheat, you don't rob, you don't steal, you don't kill. That's a way in which people can be held responsible, are held responsible, even if uh, there is no miracle that goes on when we make decisions. Finally, there's a, a vague fear that I call the, the fear of nihilism, that somehow meaning and purpose depends on there being uh, an immortal soul that is perhaps rewarded for its choices in an afterlife. And if it turns out that we're just our brains and that when we're dead, that that's the end, well, uh, people won't, won't have anything to live for. Now, I think this too is, involves a kind of intellectual laziness. For one thing, I don't think there's anything particularly uplifting about belief in an afterlife because it devalues life on earth. Uh, it uh, says that the, our years that are alive are an infinitesimal fraction of our uh, existence. Why not uh, blow yourself up to achieve the rewards of martyrdom in paradise? Knowing that every moment of life is a finite, precious gift is what makes us value our lives and the lives of others. And there's no shortage of things to live for, even if we are our brains. You can not only derive pleasure and satisfaction from being human, from friends and family and nature and culture, but knowing that there's nothing special about you, you can recognize the imperative that anything that you expect for yourself you have to grant to others. As uh, the philosopher Spinoza said, uh, those under the influence of reason want nothing for themselves that they don't also want for all of humanity. So there is built into our uh, desire to flourish and our capacity for reason. Are, we have the grounds of morality and meaning and we don't need for there to be miracles or souls even if we are products of evolution.